doing? Zach Cassidy. Adam Henry. Bobby Jones. Jeff Jarrett. Joe Siddle. TJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Win City Sports. Yo, what's good? My name is Drake Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Win City Sports Podcast. Win City Sports is Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast, now part of the brand new Border City Network, a collection of Windsor's best podcasts featuring Win City Sports, Straight Out of Windsor, and the ABB Podcast. You can hear every episode of Win City Sports on the BorderCityNetwork.com or on WinCitySports.com. Also on every streaming platform, including Spotify, iTunes, and much more. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account. We'll talk all about that at the end of the show, as we normally do. But today is Thursday, February 21st, 2019, and it is episode 133 of Win City Sports. This week on Win City Sports, we have a returning guest. I haven't talked to him in almost two years, just after the Windsor Spitfire's third Memorial Cup. That took place right here in Windsor, Ontario. We're talking to the longtime athletic therapist who had recently decided to step down from the team. It's Joey Garland. We catch up with Joe and get talking about what he's doing nowadays. He's a strength and conditioning coach for the Lancers women's basketball team and is involved in many different uh, organizations training athletes. Uh, he's a family man. He's a father. And he's still a fan. He's still a hockey fan. So we get caught up with him. We talk about pretty much everything I just said there and just kind of shoot the breeze with Joe Garland. It's a great conversation. I had uh, one with him, again, two years ago. He was fantastic then, and I noticed uh, since moving on from the spits, he had had his hands in a few different buckets, so I wanted to catch up with him and see what he was doing. Uh, Just a stellar guy, great conversation, and I'm sure all you guys will enjoy it, especially all you Windsor Windsor Spitfire fans, and really anybody. But before we get into the interview for this week on Wind City Sports, we're going to take a moment right now to talk about our Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week via GoLancers.ca. This week, from our men's and women's volleyball teams, it's Roland Bashard and Ali Winnick. Roland picked a great time to have his best weekend of the season. The fourth-year outside hitter from Toronto had 10 kills on 12 attempts in North Bay Saturday afternoon versus Nipissing and the Lancers' 3-0 victory over the Lakers. On Sunday, Roland was a key performer again in the Lancers' 3-0 victory over the host York Lions and served the match-winning ace to complete a great late-season road trip for the Blue and Gold. Meanwhile, Ali had a great weekend on the court to help lead the Lancers to a pair of victories over the Nipissing Lakers and York Lions. In Saturday's 3-1 win, Winnick went 12-16 with no errors. She put up six block, one ace, and hit a .750. In Sunday's 3-0 sweep over York, she continued her standout performance, going 8-15, only one error, four blocks, and one ace, with a hitting percentage of .67. So congratulations to Allie and Roland on becoming our Windsor Lancers Athletes of the Week for this week. But now, without further ado, let's get right into that interview with the former Windsor Spitfires athletic therapist, Joe Garland. Here we go. Uh, we have a returning guest on the phone right now. He's a longtime Windsor Spitfires athletic therapist, now working with the Lancers women's basketball team as the strength and conditioning coach. Joe Garland, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure. Yeah, so we had you on, uh, I think, two years ago now, just after you guys won the third Memorial Cup, and since then you decided to step down from the Spits uh, after, I think, what, 13 years this, just last summer. Yeah. 
Can you uh, I think touch it was on that? 12. I guess after I ran out of fingers, I stopped counting. But, <laughs> yeah, I think it was about 12 years. But yeah, was, uh, the work-life balance wasn't really uh, sustainable for me. So, so I decided to step step away from the team, which was a difficult decision. But I accomplished a lot of the goals that I was looking to do. So, um, yeah, now it's it's on to the next chapter. Yeah, I had to go back and read that article they put out about you. I remember it was a lot of uh, family-oriented kind of decision, eh? Yeah, it was. Uh, like To be honest, it was a decision I've been thinking about for a couple of years leading into that. Then uh, we had our second kid, and an opportunity came up to uh, to help out with a local, uh, local facility that will be opening up in the next month or so. So it all just kind of fell into place mm-hmm. at the right time, so it was the right time to step away. Well, when you started the gig with the Spitz, like you said, 12 years ago, you're in your probably late or sorry, early 20s, and now you're an adult, yeah. right? So I mean, it's a big change. Exactly, yeah, and it's it's funny how kind of goals, both professional and personal, just change and evolve along the way. Like when I when I started with the Spitz, it was yeah, I'm going to be here for a couple of years. I'm going to go pro. I'm going to be in the NHL. I'm going to win a Stanley Cup. Hmm. But as things kind of went on, I got comfortable with the spits it was fun um, obviously we had a we had a high quality team and we were winning championships and everything was great and then um met my wife and began to realize that maybe going to the nhl wasn't going to be the best for me personally might uh, might have been a professional goal but but personally i wasn't going to be able to have some of the things that i that i truly wanted uh long term so yeah um that became less of a goal and I just I focus on on personal life more. Yeah, you know what's more important, right? You could probably lay that out. Exactly, exactly, and that's yeah. that's kind of what it came down to. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's life, though. And I'm sure like you still keep in touch with a lot of people there. But are you like with the Spitz? Are you still keeping tabs on the team? Do you kind of watch some games or go to games at all? I do. Uh, I do kind of follow along at Arms West. Um, we actually just went to the game Thursday night. Um, I did a. I helped out uh, Nate Sellen, the, the group sales coordinator. Yeah. Uh, they had a, a group of university students in, so I came in and did a little spiel about my profession and how I got into it and and how it evolved to where I was. Um, so, in uh, exchange for that, we got tickets to the game. So it was my youngest son's first hockey game and my yeah. oldest son's uh, sec. Well, not second game. He went to the Memorial Cup games where the the only games he went to previous to that. <laughs> See, now so that's was, the new things in life that you're starting to do. It's kids' first hockey he, game. And stuff. Exactly, yeah. He, he was 4-0 and up to that point. So, <laughs> well, it was his first loss. <laughs> that's cool. Um, but you, you had mentioned, you know, you're, you're doing stuff in other uh, organizations. I want to talk about that as well. But how did you land the gig with the Lancers? Or were you doing some work with them while you were still with the Spits? Yeah, I had a little bit of overlap. I, the, my last year with the Spitz, uh, going into their the, to the Lancers season, Chantal reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in in helping them out because their their the strength coach at the time uh, was was stepping away. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to balance it, but uh, I looked at their schedule compared to ours, and then there was an opportunity there. Plus, I knew I was probably close to stepping away from the Spitz, so it was something. Um, as a, of a transition for me, um, and then took the gig that year. And it was fun, honestly. They are it is an amazing group of athletes that that they have there, and their culture is unbelievable. The work ethic they have, like they're 
we work out two or three times a week, 6.30 in the morning. They go to class all day, and then they have games and practices at night, and that's and they stay in town year-round because they want to. They want to stay there. They want to train. They want to get better. Um, it, it's it's an unbelievable work ethic that she, she has uh, entrenched in them. Yeah, it's a very established group and a very decorated group too. So, Exactly, yeah, and you can see why. Like on the outside looking in, you uh, must see, you know, they, they five five in a row national championships, perennial a perennial contender. Um, but being in that culture now, I, I see why. I see yeah. like there's there's nothing that's left to chance. I've never I've never had to tell one of the one of the girls to tie a shoelace, or they're never a minute late or anything. Some of the things that kind of crept that creep in when you're training guys um, and, and girls in the summer. But in that culture, that would not be acceptable. It's kind of uh, reminiscent of. of like I've read some stuff on like the All Blacks, and it's it's very like that culture where they it's all taken care of internally, like the, their internal leadership take care of everything, and uh, the coach just has to worry about the basketball stuff. Yeah, well, those small things make a di- big difference, right? Exactly. Yeah, and like you had said, it, it was a transition. So of course, you you've trained you know all kinds of athletes, guys and girls in every discipline, but there, I'm sure there was a transition going from a junior hockey team of of boys and men to to women and now you, you're I think this is your second season with them you have a good uh, established relationship with the team I'm sure yeah exactly and uh, to be honest growing up basketball was always my passion hockey oh. was uh hockey was fun uh never played competitive hockey played pond hockey and and obviously loved watching it and loved world juniors and watch NHL mm-hmm. and all that but basketball was the sport I was most competitive in that I, that I played at the highest level uh so that was always my my passion that was the sport i'd be in the backyard for two hours by myself playing hockey i'd go with the guys and play for a couple hours on the pond but it was never it never like it consumed my life the way basketball did so um so having the opportunity to work in basketball and at such a high level um what was an opportunity i jumped at interesting because my next question was going to be is it was if you wanted to get more experience in a different sport like basketball you know yeah, you said you're all over the place but you're yeah, more specifically definitely. a hockey guy yeah, no, definitely. Uh, as far as being a strength coach and therapist, hockey or sorry, basketball was new to me. Uh, so when I was a, when I was a high school kid, I definitely did not know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, as far as training, I, I yeah. thought I was training, but really I was just doing stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting better. I was yeah, getting tired. So um, so uh, so yeah, the, that, that's something I can. Uh, I can definitely use the experience in and then the reps in and in, in getting better in that. Yeah. Just add to the resume and make you, your experience more dynamic, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's what you have to have in, in your field. Right. So um, it, with this new role though, is it significantly different than what you were doing with the spits? Like I know like the titles are kind of different, but it, I'm sure it's a little similar, a little different or what? Uh, with the basketball team. Yeah. Like compared to yeah, the, like, your role with the spits, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So with the spit, I was, my main role was athletic therapist. So I was there to prevent and rehab injuries more than anything else. Uh, with the girls, I'm the strength coach. So I'm there to get them stronger, perform better, um, keep them in shape, which obviously is going to help prevent injuries, but that's not the main part of my mandate. Um, so the, the therapist at the university, that's, that's the team's athletic therapists, whereas I I come in a couple times a week and and work them out. We do 
couple of different workouts, focusing on different things. But um, I'm not there day to day the way mm. way that I would be if I was the therapist or the way I was with the Spitfires. Yeah, and even like you mentioned, like just the schedules are completely different. Like just everything OUA compared to OHL, right? So I'm sure that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, the, the, that's kind of what killed me with the with the OHL was yeah. the three games in two and a half days or or three games in five days in Ottawa driving. Like it was, yeah. that's that's the part that really killed me being away from home for four or five, six days at a time. And uh, just a long hours on the bus, things like that. So those are the things that I got away from, um, especially in this role. Like I, I don't have to travel yeah. travel with the girls. I just We just go to a couple of workouts. I try to get to as many games as I can. Uh, but when I go to games, I'm basically there as a cheerleader. I can bring my wife and kids and it's, it's, it's fun. It's not stressful. Yeah. watching the spits on the bench and you're holding <laughs> your breath every time someone takes a slap shot or gets hit. Um, but it's like now it's, now it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, was there any challenges at first when you first started going over there? Yeah, there's always challenges, right? So le- mm-hmm. learning this, learning the sport from just from a different side. So obviously I knew like some of the skill stuff to, to play it, but as far as um, what they need us and, obviously t- trying to prevent diff- different types of injuries in this case, right? So with, with hockey, I'm trying to prevent knee and shoulder injuries from being hit. With basketball, more than anything, it's, it's knee or shoulder injuries from just doing too much stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's load, load management. So a lot of it's just getting them stronger in the right positions to prevent more overuse things as opposed to like you're not taking hits, right? So it's, yeah. it's trying to prevent those types of injuries. Yeah, just to like break it down. It's like in, in hockey, obviously, there's a lot of contact, and there is in basketball, but the injuries could just be made on a simple movement on their own, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And especially like with, with female basketball players, ACLs are, are a huge thing. So it's something we, we focus yeah. on every day is, is trying to prevent those. And you're never going to eliminate them, but, but you can prevent them. So um, that's, that's what we're trying to do. And then yeah. the other side of it would be hockey guys, especially in that OHL age group they're constantly being told, okay, you got to put on muscle. You got to put on muscle. Yeah. You got to get bigger. You got to get stronger. Whereas in basketball size can oftentimes be a detriment because the more weight you have on, the more weight you got to jump, with, the more weight you got to carry up and down the court. Cause you're not, you can't glide, <laughs> glide in basketball. Your feet stop moving. You stop moving. So, <laughs> yeah. so you got to, you got to be powerful, but you got to, you got to uh, ma- maintain your body weight at a reasonable level. And that's just how you like your day to day job kind of comes into play, like you said, just those uh, strength workouts, strengthening the muscles to prevent injury, or at least hoping to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just preventing them. I, I know I'm not going to eliminate them, um, but uh, just just trying to prevent them as best we can. Mm-hmm. So tell me about uh, elite training systems. I, I've seen online. I know they have a location in Whitby, and I don't know if they're popping up here. Are you involved with them or? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's a it's a fun opportunity. That's it kind of came about out of nowhere. It was right around this time last year. Uh, Mark Fitzgerald, who I knew through hockey circles, uh, he's a head strength conditioning coach for Anaheim Ducks. He gave me a shout, uh, asking if I'd be interested in in leaving the Spitz and kind of working with uh, working with him on this project. And at that time, I was looking to get away. And realistically, I was probably going to leave even with nothing, just hoping to find something. Yeah. Um, so it's just ha- I just happened to be the right place, right time, and he partnered with uh, Luke Wilson, obviously local yep. local football guy, and um, 
Then we talked to Jim McDougall at Kennedy. Uh, so he's kind of running it from the facility side um, at Kennedy, getting things up and running. They're going to have one of the best weight rooms in, uh, in public school board in Ontario uh, once this thing gets up and running. And then my role there will be general manager. So operating things from the private side, getting, uh, getting teams and athletes and clients in there. Um, yeah, and then we got Austin Kennedy, a local football legend as well, yeah. uh, involved from the business side. So our, our team is solid. Uh, that's, to be honest, that's the thing I'm most excited about. Our, our team, um, all five of us working together, we're like, we're very uh, synergistic in, in how our, our strengths um, are compatible with each other. Yeah, wow, that, that's pretty awesome, man, just your role alone. And, and like you said, just the group that uh, is doing it is just, it's pretty star-studded for Windsor, you know. Because um, just last month, I think it was, uh, Luke was at Kennedy and they made the whole announcement and stuff like that. Did you get to meet him or do anything with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we've, yeah. Uh, we're, we, we meet weekly now um, oh, cool. and discuss things. And then we want to get this thing. Uh, it's been a bit of a process getting it up and running, but we're more concerned about it, it happening right and, yeah. and, and being correct as opposed to happening fast. We could have probably been open by now if we wanted to kind of chimp out on things and and uh, not do things the right way. But when we open the doors, we want uh, we want it to be fully operational with with all the bells and whistles. And it's it is a truly unique place for Windsor because um, through working with the Spitz, I've worked with a lot of local places and strength coaches and trainers. And there are there are good places around, but there's nothing that's going to be able to compare to this as far as what we're going to be able to offer, um, especially for young young athletes and professional athletes. Uh, we'll, we'll be having adult clients and uh, youth clients as well, but um, what we can offer is going to be uh, above and beyond what most most places in the area can. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. And like you said, like you, it's probably better, well, it definitely is better to take the time and make sure that everything's going to be in place before you know, jumping the gun and opening, but it's going to be open for pretty much anyone, like any kind of group, right? Like a, a, a school team can go in there or just someone that just wants to improve themselves can yeah. get involved. Yeah, in yeah. We'll, be, we'll be having uh, adult memberships. Um, so we'll have, we'll have times allotted. The, our, the difference with our philosophy is we're going to have individualized group training. So we will probably offer boot camps and things of that nature, but for the most part, people are going to sign up. You're going to get an assessment, figure out what you need, uh, depending on what your goals are, what previous history is. Uh, you're going to get a, an individualized plan and then be able to train within a group setting. So it's not going to come and go at your own pace, or sorry, it's not going to be come and go whenever you want. Uh, you sign up in advance to a certain number of sessions a week, and you follow your your individualized plan, but in a group setting. So you're getting kind of personalized training um, without having to pay 80 bucks an hour. Yeah, wow. That's fantastic, man. That's incredible. And I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with, like, Synergy and, and – um... I can't remember the other one. I think Synergy Wellness in Windsor with Dave. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dave I know, yeah, I know Dave. Like yeah, I know Dave and Ryan well. Um, and that's to be honest, that's who I would refer people to when I was with the Spitz. If there's local guys that uh, that were looking for somewhere to train, that's that's usually where I would send them. There's a couple other places too. Um, yeah, and that's definitely yeah. nothing to say, bad to say about about either of those guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There. For sure, because I, I always like to highlight, like, Windsor has a great sport community, and we have so many great athletes come out of here, but a lot of athletes actually travel down to train with Dave, and, like, like John Tavares was coming down here a couple months ago, or a couple years ago, sorry, and people just would have no idea that these high-level athletes are coming to train in Windsor, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, and that's, that's something I, my goal in the past probably six or seven years, and I've talked to different people about trying to make it happen, it just never came to fruition, is making a performance center like, like what ETS is going to be able to offer. Because there are across sports, right? You'd be NCAA basketball players, football players, good NFL players like Luke, and mm-hmm. um, there's just across the board. Obviously, hockey goes without saying, the, the amount of pros in the city. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like a, a guy like Adam Henrique would come down. He bought a house down here to train in Windsor because he, he loved the environment down here yep. uh, as far as like the, the skates and all that. Uh, but as well, just the weather, we got the, they love going to the, over to the Tigers games and stuff like that. There's other things that their hometowns can't offer them. So um, it's, I'm real excited about what, uh, what can happen in winter. Uh, like you hear, some of these stories every now and then on CBC and Hockey Night in Canada that they focus on small towns in Saskatchewan or wherever that that's produce all these these pro athletes. I think I think Windsor could be definitely one of those, if not like if not per capita one of the best in, in Canada once once things are said and done. Absolutely, man. Because the the thing is, is just people don't realize how many people are coming out of here. Because there's a lot of people in NCAA like you had mentioned that just no one really has realized obviously we highlight people like luke and uh tyrone and stuff like that and even Henrik yeah. and all those guys but just across the board we have at least one person in every discipline and every level from windsor in a sense related to the city you know exactly yeah no it's really amazing and uh like i'm not from windsor originally so mm-hmm. when i moved down here i'm just from i'm just uh from a small town in newfoundland so our our biggest uh, sport hero was uh, Danny Cleary. Uh, yeah. So um, he was, a, he's an absolute legend at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I come down here and that's kind of the norm is just, Oh yeah. Like all these NHL guys, you got guys playing NCAA and I was kind of starstruck and I'm like kind of amazed that there was no place. There's places for them to go, but not at the level that you see in like in the Toronto's and Ottawa's in the, in the bigger centers. But realistically, there's just as many of those athletes, um, again per capita, as there are in those bigger centers. So mm-hmm. I was I was kind of surprised that no one no one had started this up, and that's why with March resources in the NHL, um, the, the accessible accessibility he has to different technologies, and he kind of gets his hands on things before their public knowledge, because people will approach him because of his his uh, his work with with those players. Uh, and that he can he can give it to to the gyms that he owns, so that uh, people get it before it's really out there. Yeah, connections are everything, man. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm sure, like you said, like when you first came down here, um, didn't realize you know the caliber of the sport world. But I'm sure guys like just like Bob Probert's walking around like like normal, and everyone's like, "Yep, not a big deal," you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah no, normal yeah, thing. Truly, like, yeah, truly, it was truly amazing. Obviously, uh, I. I get a bit jaded now that I've, I've spent so many years around those. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of, kind of lose touch. Uh, now that I'm separated from it a little bit, I, I feel it coming back a bit. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's truly amazing. Go, if you go anywhere, you go to, go to Boston pizza, you're going to run into the guys that are going to play in the NHL. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is, uh, it's a cool feeling. Yeah, I'll never forget seeing Darren McCartney at Armando's when I was like 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about yourself. Is there any other organizations you're involved in, no matter where it may be? I think I've seen some about Drive Athletic and stuff like that. Is there any other 
organization. Uh, yeah, so, so Drive Athletic Development. That's kind of uh, that's that's just my little uh, side business. I okay. do a little bit of work out of there right now. Um, actually, uh, Jonathan Shaka, he has a personal training studio on uh, Provincial JS Fitness. So he used to play for the Spitz. Yeah, I was gonna we say, used, yeah. We used to train some minor hockey guys um, when when he had just finished playing when he was in university. Uh, so we we trained some guys in the summer. Then um, now the since I've been waiting for uh, for uh, ETS to open up, I've been working with a couple guys out of out of his place, uh, just doing some athletic therapy and strength and conditioning work. Uh, so Drive is kind of the name that I do that under. But it's kind of that's just kind of minor, just yep. uh, kind of stopgap to get me through to ETS. And I've I named it athletic development because I just I just finished my master's a couple of years ago, uh, focusing on the development of elite athlete of elite hockey players, kind of things they've done along the way. And uh, I noticed it was something. It's a philosophy, Jim, and I want to transfer over to ETS, uh, but it's something that's that's lacking across sports. Like it's it is kind of ridiculous how single sports focused athletes and, and, and probably more so parents can be uh, from such a young age, right? They see their, they see their kid score a goal when he's four and think that, yep, he's playing pro. He's going to the NHL. Look how good he is. Mm -hmm. And then they just become focused on, on hockey, on soccer, on basketball. When, you don't know how they're going to grow. You don't know how they're going to develop you. They may hate sports by the time they're eight, especially, if, especially if you push them. Yeah. So, um, it, so that athletic development is something kind of near and dear to my heart that, uh, that I wanted to get, get in that, that drive athletic development, uh, title. And it's something that we're, we're definitely going to be pushing as pushing at ETS. Like there's a lot of sports specificity that needs to happen but there's more just general athleticism that needs to happen to, to build those athletes that are going to sustain, um, sustain careers long-term and sustain that, that elite level long-term without either burning out physically or mentally. Yeah, I got you. And you, you can definitely see the, uh, the passion when you're talking, man, uh, about, you know, your job, obviously. And it seems just based off your decisions being family oriented, uh, it seems like the goal is to, to, do this at the highest level as possible, but still be able to live a comfortable life with your family. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, no, my, my uh, oldest is 20, uh, 26 months now. And he's, it's it, like every day is, it's just something new. He just something he says yeah. or does or runs or jumps. Or now he like gallops wherever he's going. He stopped running <laughs> and just gallops wherever. It's just little things like that. Uh, just they amuse me. And I, it used to, to be, to be honest, it was pretty hard. Just the little trips that I would take with the OHL, knowing yeah. I was missing out on some of those things. Um, and I know it sounds sounds corny and whatever, but it, but it would it was hard. So once I started realizing what I was missing out on and getting the videos from my wife of them doing something funny or silly or what, I was like, no, I was like, I, I a I can't do this much longer, and b I, there's no way I could pursue a professional career in, in athletic therapy and, and be away for weeks at a time um, without, without really driving myself crazy. Yeah. Like we talked about before, it's just priority is what's more important, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, to talk about your son a little bit, I hope he's got a little mini stick going with his uh, oh, yeah. ride around. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's, well, we have, it's funny because we have three little mini sticks. 
and he know like I there's one that's slightly bigger than the other, so that's Daddy's, and he'll put his he has a little blue Elmo hat, that's his captain's hat. He sat <laughs> on as soon as he plays, and uh, he'll say play hockey with Daddy, and he'll give the other sticks either my wife or or our youngest son, and uh, he won't even really shoot the ball. He just touches the ball and he throws a stick, throws his arms up in the air and yells goal, and <laughs> I win. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's he's. He is a joy. I can't wait to get him on skates. Can't wait to get him uh, playing hockey. That's it's something that's lost uh, in today's world. Is just that competitiveness. Like people see like competitions and games, and um, they're not. That's not playing. Just the ability to just go play hockey. Just just to go. No rules. No nets. No. Yeah. Just let let kids go out and make up their own rules. Do things like that that's where that creativity comes. It's, it's something uh, that's missed. Like I know my first world juniors, it was something that, um, that coach Sutter mentioned was that our team, we, we finished the fourth and our team lacked creativity and that the skill and uh, creativity was kind of missing from, from the game. And after doing my masters and like uh, there was a significant reduction in the amount of play that, that, current elite hockey players do uh compared to 10 years ago yeah it's crazy man like again this is uh gonna be some fun times in your life but yeah. it was uh great to catch up with you man and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with dts yeah for sure that interview was brought to you by the 2019 home and lifestyle show which goes down march 1st to 3rd at the chicharo club in windsor if you're looking to build a home or have some home renovations on your mind that you want to cross off your to-do list the Windsor's Home and Lifestyle Show is here for all of your home needs and can be met in one place. The show will feature products and services ranging from homes, lawn care, decor, design, real estate, renovating, and more. Plus, half of the ticket sales will be going to our friends at the Fight Like Mason Foundation. How awesome is that? The 2019 Home and Lifestyle Show goes down March 1st to 3rd at the Chicharo Club in Windsor. And there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Joe Garland. Always a pleasure to talk to him. I'm looking forward to meeting him at the ETS uh, Soft Grand Opening. Uh, details to follow on that one. Looking forward to that. Uh, like I said, always good to talk to him. He's uh, been, I don't want to say he's been on the, a fly on the wall for all those years. I mean, he's trained some outstanding athletes like Taylor Hall and Adam Henrique and guys from that era and probably Steve Downey and all those guys before that. Um, but he, he's been there throughout that time. He came in in 2005, 2006. Uh, Mickey Reno's first or second year also. He's been around that prestigious organization for like some of their best years. Actually, their best years ever. The good uh, 12, 13 years that Joe was there. They just had so many outstanding athletes and so many crazy moments. Um, so that guy is a wealth of knowledge in that sense. And of course, just a, a stellar therapist and uh, sport philanthropist or whatever. Anyway, um, we have a lot of, of local sports news to talk about and I can praise Joe all day. Thank you again, Joe, if you're hearing this and uh, taking the time to do that interview. Um, but let's get things started with our Windsor Express basketball team. A trip to Newfoundland ended with back-to-back -back losses for the Windsor Express to the St. John's Edge. Playing without leading scorer Juan Patillo in both games due to a leg injury, in both games, the Express's lead slipped away in the fourth quarter. 
St. John's rallied for a 97-90 win on Saturday and then a 115-107 win over the Express on Sunday. However, help appears to be on its way for the Express, who signed 2017 NBL of Canada MVP Royce White, but had to play some uninjured reserve until the end of the month. He's an outstanding athlete and obviously has made a good impression on the team. Windsor also signed former McMaster University guard Miles Seward, who was the first pick in the 2018 draft and traded the rights to uh, Shaquille Keith to St. John's for cash considerations. Very interesting. Uh, they played against the Edge again, la- again last night, and their next game is Thursday in Sudbury. The University of Windsor Lancers men's hockey team season came to an end on Saturday and a 4 nothing loss to the Guelph Griffins. With the win, the Griffins took the best of three OUA West Division semifinal series 2-0 over the Lancers, who fell 5-4 in OT in the series opener on, I guess that would have been Friday the night prior. Um, the women's team ended its season with its first win in regulation this season by beating the Western Mustangs. Alex Retier, Emma Welburn, and Jessica Gribben scored for the Lancers, while goalie Jaden Spooner made 33 saves. The University of Windsor Lancers women's basketball team closed out the OUA regular season play with a third straight win, while the men were unable to make it back-to-back wins over the Algoma Thunderbirds. The women beat the Thunderbirds 77-62 at the St. Dennis Center with Kaya Clark scoring 15 points for the Lancers. Carly Carly Steer, who set a new OUA record for career three-point shots on Friday, extended that record to 229 and finished with 12 points along with Olivia Osamusali and Eve Wayesu adding 10 points. For the men who have won by five points on Friday, dropped a 94-90 decision to Algoma on Saturday. Very close game, while Chris Poloniato led the Lancers with 24 points, Lucas Arolita added 22, and freshman Thomas Kennedy had 20, 21 points and 15 rebounds. Taloy Simon added 12 points. The women's playoffs kick, kicked off last night. Getting real tongue-tied today, I don't know why. The Windsor Spitfires won three out of three games last weekend. They swept the Sting in their home-and-home last Thursday and Friday with scores of 3-1 and a whopping 7-4 on on Friday in Sarnia. On Monday, the annual Mickey Reno Family Day game went down as part of the holiday and to honor Mickey's legacy, of course. The Spits took a close 2-1 win over the Owen Sound attack that afternoon. Next up, they will host the Sioux tonight at the WFCU Center. Including tonight, there are only six home games left. We have one more this Saturday, actually a night game, taking on North Bay. From there, the boys will rest until next Thursday when they welcome the Peterborough Peets to the WFCU. And our last piece of news here, BTC5 Typhoon. Don't forget, that's going down at Central Park Athletics, Saturday, March 9th. This is a pro MMA event and is going to feature two championship fights and includes many fighters from Windsor. More tickets were released on their website, ranging from $20 to $60. It will be cool to see it go down at the old ice park, though. I wonder how they're going to have it all set up. Some scheduled fights are Windsor's own Kyle Prepperlick and a former guest of the show, defending the 165-pound division title in the main event against Curtis DeMars. 
Windsor's own Chucky Mady takes on Vladimir Kazabakov. And still no uh, opponent to be determined for TJ Laramie, another guest of the show from last year. But it looks like that's going to be all for this week on Wind City Sports. My name is Drake Demore, and I thank you for listening or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports podcast, which is now on the brand new Border City Network, a collection of Windsor's best podcasts featuring Wind City Sports, Straight Out of Windsor, and the AVB podcast. You can hear every episode of Win City Sports on BorderCityNetwork.com or on WinCitySports.com or alternatively stream on any music or podcast platform including Spotify and iTunes. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram account so give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever it may be by simply searching up Win City Sports or at WinCity underscore sports. We'll be back here on the podcast and on the radio show which airs Thursdays 12:30 p.m. on CJM FM in Windsor and Detroit 99.1 FM until next week smell you later <laughs>